0: Men are Rahim, Lomas <laughs> Sedra said that I'm Hammed in Nabil and me while I'll leave you, Sahabi, he was a lament asleem and cathedral. Aloma Sedra said that I'm Hammed in Nabil and me while I'll leave you, Sahabi, he was a lament asleem and cathedral or Bishrahli Sadri, where Sidley Ambri or Hill or Kodata We were talking yesterday about. Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu anhu narrating some of the characteristics and character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam from the previous scriptures, namely the Tawrat. I came across a narration. <coughs> In which, Had <coughs> Umar radhiyallahu anhu came to Abdullah bin Salam radhiyallahu anhu after the ayah was revealed, in which Allah subhanahu wa taala says, yarifuna <coughs> Speaking of Bani Israel, Allah subhanahu wa taala says. <coughs> <clears throat> got to clear this throat he said the bani israel recognizes rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the way they recognize their own children so to understand this ayah better umar radiyallahu anhu came to abdullah bin salam radiyallahu anhu who was from bani israel and he said how do you recognize rasulullah sallallahu even better than your own son how he said there's many different variations of this narration i've just mentioned, i'm just uh, narrating one of them he said anni lastu <laughs> ashku ashku I have no doubt in the fact that Muhammad is a nabi. As for my son, maybe his mother, did a khayana with me. Meaning that maybe his mother was with another man. So maybe this is not really my son. But this, the nabuwa of Rasulullah is mentioned in the previous scriptures. It's coming from Allah taala, and it's haq. That's how I know Rasulullah is a nabi more than I know that my son is my son. In other words, there is no question of khayana or deceit or distrust in regards to any type, anything that comes from allah subhanahu wa taala but anybody else it can be believed or disbelieved so <clears throat> when we say when allah subhanahu wa taala says that they recognize Rasulullah the way they recognize their sons, it doesn't necessarily mean just the character and the characteristics. It also means in terms of the transmission. The transmission coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, revelation coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always be haq. But any action or practice or narration from any person may not always be haq. Because people can't always be trusted in what they say or what they do. Anyhow, so, Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu anhu was describing some of the sifat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam from the Torah. And we had been through a few parts in which he said, Ya wa 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 We've Completed that part. Now we go on. He says, "Anta abdi." You are my slave, my servant. These are. This is a word, abd, servant, that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala uses for Surah Sallallahu in many different places. So, for example, in the beginning of Surah Isra Bani Israel, he says, Subhanallah asra bi'abadihi. وَرَسُولِي, he is also my Rasool, Samaitukal mutawakkil. I have named you mutawakkil, the one who relies on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for everything. Who doesn't rely on people. Who does not fix his gaze on people to help him, support him. He puts all his dependence and his reliance for every matter in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَيْسَ بِفَضِّنْ وَلَا The last Nabi will not be rough and rude and coarse. He is very loving. He is very compassionate. He is very soft-natured. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the same word in Qur'an. فَضِّنْ فَضِّنْ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فضًا غَلِيْظًا لَنْ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ If you were harsh and rude, they would have left you. Sahaba would have separated from Rasulullah Because you can't be with a person who is rude, even sometimes for too long. Forget about a person who's rude all the time. But Anybody who believed in Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam stayed with him until they died. So Abu Bakr Siddiq radhiyallan was with Rasulullah sallam for 23 years. If Rasulullah sallam was fadhan or ghalidan, Abu Bakr Siddiq radhiyallan would have abandoned his company. Likewise, the case with any other Sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The fact that anybody who came to Rasulullah, stayed with him, and never left his side is proof that Rasulullah was not of that nature. So, this ayah that I just recited is related to the Battle of Uhud. So, Rasulullah had given specific instructions to a group of archers, 50 60 archers on Mount Ramat, that they stay there and don't move from this position until I tell you to do so. They still moved from their position for whatever reason. Now, Rasulullah could have gotten angry with them because when they got off the mount, <clears throat> what happened after that? Khalid bin Walid came from the back and he destroyed the Muslim army from the rear side. And Muslims were sandwiched between the front and the back of Quraysh, completely crushed. To the point that it became total chaos. Sahaba were killing their own people. Other Sahaba. Because it was just total confusion. Still, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi after the battle of Ahud was over, never came to any one of those archers who disobeyed his instructions, or misunderstood it better. was a better way to say is that they misunderstood it. Because they explained why they did not follow those instructions. And they had said that this was related to, the, the instructions were related to the battle when it's still going on. But the battle is now done, and we have defeated the enemy, so those instructions don't apply anymore. That's what they told Abdullah bin Jubeir, who was the uh, com- the leader of that group of archers. So anyhow, this was a misunderstanding on their part. But Rasulullah never came to them later and said to them, why didn't you listen to my instructions? Why didn't you follow me? Look, because of you, what happened? Never. So this is, لَيْسَ Wala walla sahibin bil Aswaq. And he's never one to raise his voice in the markets. bis And he never returns evil with evil. What we're talking about here is a person who never does it. Not a person who's done it once. We've all done it once. At least. We're talking about a type uh, values or morals that are permanent, meaning that it never has happened that Rasulullah ﷺ was ever rude. Never has it happened that he's ever raised his voice in the market. Have we ever raised our voice? When we're talking to somebody else, we call them, oh, come here, instead of just running to them and calling them. Because we are too lazy to get up and go and meet them, to just call out from far away. So even if we've done it once, that's enough. What this, uh, this uh, prophecy is basically saying is that this, these qualities will be in the Nabi Ali salatu Salam continuously, permanently, so that you will never ever find him to be like this ever in his life. He never even once returned evil with evil. Not once. He was not rude or harsh even once. Walakin ya'fu wa He is the type who forgives and overlooks. Wa lan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking from the Torah, I will never take him away from this world, give him death. Hatta uqima bihi al-millah al-mutawajjah. Hatta uqima bihi al-millah al-mutawajjata until I straighten through him a. A. Nation that is off the straight path. Mutawajj actually means to be bent, curved. So they have—they're not on Sirate Mustaqim. They have veered away from the Sirate Mustaqim. So they've gone off on an exit that is curved away. And they're going further and further away. So, Rasulullah is bringing him back onto Surat al So, now they're not diverging. Now they're going straight. Right? I will straighten through him. And the same word is used in Quranic Reem: Ad-Dinul Qayyim. So that they will say, La ilaha illallah. So that they will end up saying La ilaha illallah. Fayeftahubhi ayun and umyun waadan and summan wa hulfan wa hulfan. It says here kulfan, I think it's a ghulfan. Um fa yeef tahlah subhanahu wa ta'ala well, through him open the blind eyes and the deaf ears and the covered hearts. If you ask an idol worshipper why he worships idols. An idol he knows that he has made with his own hands. Right? And he knows that this idol can't move, has no powers. Cannot do anything for itself, let alone for anything else. Or anybody else. Then why are you worshipping it? The only answer you can... Only possible explanation you can give for this person is that his eyes are blind. Right? His ears are deaf and his heart is covered. That's the only explanation. So what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about in this prophecy is that he will go to the people who are mushriks, meaning the Arabs, because they are idol worshipers. And idol worship is what? person who is worshipping idols has deaf ears, blind eyes, and a covered heart. They don't understand. There's other, there's other attributes also mentioned in the Torah. Besides this, there's just a few of them that Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu anhu is mentioning. But there was others as well. Uh, there is a very famous Habar, a rabbi who accepted Islam. Who was a close friend of Abdullah bin Salam, radi lines. his name was Zaid bin suana Zaid bin suana Very few people know his name. He's not very well known. He accepted Islam um, later, much after the migration. And he passed away in the battle of Tabuk. Ninth year of Hijri, Tabuk. While Rasulullah was returning from Tabuk, on the way back, he passed away. And they buried him somewhere on the way between Tabuk and Medina Munawwara. But Zaid bin Su'ana, who was considered one of the wealthiest men in all of Medina Munawwara. One of the richest men. Along with him being a rabbi, he, if he had a lot of money, it means he was a really good businessman too. He was just a rabbi. He was a good businessman. He was very, very, very wealthy. Abdullah bin Salam rather than describes him as the, one of the richest men of Medina. Munawwara. So in his conversion to Islam, the story of his conversion to Islam, there's... Uh, mention of Rasulullah attributes that are mentioned in the previous scriptures in the Torah, which is not mentioned by Abdullah bin Salam in the narration that I just mentioned, but it just tells us that these were not the only attributes that are, have been mentioned about Rasulullah in the previous scriptures. There's other things mentioned as well. Abdullah bin Salam was is just being Summarizing them. Allahu Akbar. Zaid bin Sarna. nobody knows about his conversion to Islam except Abdullah bin Salam. And he's the one, only Sahabi, who's narrating the story of this friend of his. Obviously, because Zaid bin Sarna and Abdullah bin Salam have the same background. They're both rabbis. They're both from the Yahud. From the Ahli Kitab. And so they obviously must have known each other very well. So when Zaid bin Sauna accepted Islam, Abdullah bin Salam was very excited, very happy. And Zaid bin Sauna, he narrated his story to... Abdullah bin Salam Radin, who narrated it for later generations. So we have that story here. And I want to go through that story in order for us to understand the attributes of Rasulullah and to understand that there were other people also amongst the Yehud community that accepted Islam, besides the names that I have given in the past sessions, like Asad, Usaid bin Ka'ab, and Yamin bin Yamin and Salima, who was the nephew of uh, Abdullah bin Salam r.a. And Khalid ibn Tulharith, his aunt. So there were a few more. Um, but what's interesting is that Zayd bin Sa'ana, who was not just the average Yehud, he was a Habrun or Hebron, a rabbi, which means that he also had knowledge, good knowledge of the Torah. He was a scholar of the Torah. So he says, He did the exact same thing Abdullah bin Salam عنه, who did. Remember what Abdullah bin Salam did when Rasulullah sallallahu migrated to Medina Manawara What is the first thing he did? He joined the group of people, all the Ansar that were going to greet and welcome Rasulullah Sallallahu to Medina Manawara What is the first thing that he did? after, even before he asked the three questions he was looking very carefully at the face of Rasulullah at his blessed countenance to see if this is he is the fulfillment of the prophecy he was watching very carefully and then he said he concluded that I knew that this is not the face of a liar it is exact same things they'd been saw. And I was saying, he said, there was no signs from the prophethood, but I knew them and I recognized them on the face of Rasulullah when I first saw him, except two things that cannot be seen. Because they're not a part of his physical characteristic. They're a part of his character. Character you can only see when you spend time in the company of a person. So there are certain things that are physical characteristics which can be seen immediately. And then there's those which are the good character, good conduct aspect, which you can't see. Those are things that you have to establish a relationship with a person. Then you know if that, those attributes are in that person. The person has that character. Which means that both of these things existed. The physical characteristics were mentioned as a prophecy of Rasulullah and likewise, his co- character was also mentioned. Both of these things. And of, case, of course, his, even his name was mentioned as Ahmad. Quranic mentions itself. Surah Saf. Ahmad. There will be a Nabi coming, his name will be Ahmad. So he said, I recognize everything except two things which I didn't know. He's, number one, yasbiquu hilmuhu jahlaw. His forbearance will always surpass his jahala, jahal, ignorance. Now, jahal, ignorance, when we think of ignorance, we mean the person is not educated, doesn't have knowledge. Ignorance in those times meant meant a person who who is rude and who does evil and who transgresses the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if he knows what is right and what is wrong, doesn't mean he is knowledgeable if he is disobeying the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And by the way, we use, we understand this definition all over Qur'an Ak-Kreem of ilm and jahala For example, regarding Qarun. Qarun had a lot of wealth and a lot of treasures and... There was a group of people that looked up to him and said, Oh, we wish that, you know, He has so much wealth. We wish we were like him. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, But there was another group, a group that said, The people of knowledge, What did they say? No. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, for those people who believe in terms of rewards is much better than this. The people of knowledge said. As, does it mean that the people who are saying, Oh, I wish we had like he had, didn't have that knowledge? Of course they had that knowledge. But it's not about having the knowledge. It's about having the reality of that knowledge in your heart. That's the people of knowledge. If you, ha- if you understand the reality and you've absorbed it, and it's become your own reality, then you're a person of knowledge. Otherwise, just knowing it through your intelligence and intellectually, does not make you a person of knowledge? Right? Abu Jahl became jahil even though he knew Rasulullah was a nabi of Allah. Right? So, Jahlahu doesn't mean here jahalah according to our modern definition وَلَا تَزِيدُ شِدَّةُ الْجَهَلِ إِلَّا hilman. and any type of bad conduct bad character or any type of ignorant behavior towards him will only increase him in his forbearance somebody does jahala with him he won't be jahil back to that person in fact it will increase him in his forbearance. He'll be even more forbearing. So he says, I, in order for me to recognize this, in order for me to recognize these two qualities in Rasulullah I I couldn't just look at his face. I had to test him. I had to spend time with him. I had to be in his company. So he said, I would spend a lot of time after this, I spent a lot of time in the company of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and I, I would be very nice and sweet to him and kind because I wanted to gain access to him and have a better relationship with him so I can see him up closely what he was all about. So he says, one day he came up from one of his hujurat, one of his homes, and Ali ibn Abi Talib was with him and a man came on his ride, on his mount, and he was like a Bedouin. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, there's a group from my tribe, or from my village, they, I told them, I con- encouraged them to accept Islam, and I told them, if you accept Islam, Allah ta'ala will give you a lot of wealth, but now there's, there's a drought in our area, and there's nothing to eat, there's nothing to drink, and I fear that they accepted Islam out of tam'ah, but they'll leave Islam out of for the same reason now. Right? They came into Islam with the desire and the hope that we're going to get more money or more wealth but now that there's none of that now they're doing tam'ad okay let me get back, let's, let's go back into kufr So I need to somehow give them something to keep them in Islam So Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam looked to Ali ibn Abi Talib anhu and Ali ibn Abi Talib anh, said Ya Rasulullah we don't have anything there's nothing. We have nothing. So he said ma baqiya minhu shay. we don't have anything. So Zaid bin Sarna says I came close to him I said ya Muhammad said Allah wasallam if you can give me the dates from the grove of this and that person naming the naming of a specific person so many dates by this time, I can give you a certain amount of money right now. So Rasulullah said, that's fine. I'll accept this transaction, but don't say this and that person's grove because what if this and that person doesn't accept it? Let's just, let's just base the transaction on that I will give you dates by a certain date. It doesn't have to be from a specific person's grove. It doesn't matter where it comes from. So he said, okay, I accept. He said, I took out my himiani. himiani is a type of a purse, you could say, where people would keep their dirham and dananir. Gold and silver coins. They would keep them in these himianis Right? So he said, I took out 80 miskal of, of gold. 80 miskal of gold. So this guy is wealthy, money. And I gave it to him, and he gave it to that man, that Bedouin, and he said, go and distribute it amongst them and help them out so that they stay within the folds of Islam. He said a few days before, two to three days before he had to pay up, I came to him and Rasulullah was with Abu Bakr, Umar Anhuma and a group of Ansar, and they were just returning from a janazah of one of the Ansar sahaba who had passed away. And Rasulullah was sitting against the wall, and I came up to him straight, and I held him up by the collar, and I said to him in a very harsh voice, with very rash and rude, I said, give me my money. Right? I told him, give my money. Alâ haqqi, Ya Muhammad, you're not gonna fulfill my right. Ma'alimtum Bani Abdul Mutrib illa mutlan. For as far as I know, you people of Bani Abdul Mutrib are known for postponing and delaying payment of debt. Meaning, you're just making ex- you just you don't like to pay debts. You just make excuses. Oh, I'll pay you tomorrow. I'll pay you tomorrow. I'll pay you tomorrow. This is the type of people you are. So he's not only criticizing Rasulullah's lesson, but the whole family, including his grandfather. I always knew that you were never pure. Mukhalata means to be mixed. Meaning that you were never pure character of pure character you have some good and you have some evil too and see this is what you are evil when it comes time to pay up you're not paying up even though this is three days before the time to pay up even came he said he said I looked at Umar fi wajhi his <laughs> eyes, his two eyes were going in circles around his face. In other words, he was so mad, he was steaming. He was so angry, he was in a rage, but he was controlling himself because of Rasulullah Thumma bi he said, "Rama actually means to throw an arrow, but he's saying he threw an eye on me, threw his sight on me, meaning he stared at me really, a really nasty look, right?" And he says, "Ya oh enemy of Allah, li Rasulullah sallallahu Am I really hearing what you're saying to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam? What And you're doing what I'm seeing you doing? I swear by the one in whose hands is my life. If it wasn't not for the fact that I feared something, I would have cut your head off right now. What did he fear? At this time, his tribe Zayd bin Su'na and Rasulullah had a pact. Remember that pact we talked about? I don't know Zaid bin Sana was from Banu Qainqa or from which it doesn't mention in the rwayas. But it was with the Yehud and there was a pact. So he had to keep that pact. And part of the pact was you can't hurt your own ally. You have to protect him. So he said, if it wasn't for me breaking that pact, I would have killed you right now. So he says, I looked at Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Yanduru wa He was looking at me with so much composure, he was so calm. As if nothing happened. And then he said, Ya Omar, Ana huwa kunna ahwaju illa khairihada. Oh Omar, me and him are more needy of something else besides what you're saying. Meaning this rage, this anger is not gonna do anything. Give us good nasiha. Tell me to pay and tell him to be more respectful when he asks for his money. That's all you have to do. See, this is that fulfillment of that prophecy. That he showed jahala and Rasulullah in returned it with what? More forbearance. He returned it with increase in forbearance. So he said, You should have given me the order to pay him. Even though the time for payment isn't even up yet. Subhanallah. So this is really a show of forbearance. It would have been good enough if he said, there's three days left. Wait for three days. And then I'll pay you. But instead of saying that, Rasulullah is saying to Umar radiallahu. That you know, just this is not the way to deal with situations like this. You should have just told me, give me Nasiha to pay him, and tell him to be more respectful. That's all. He says, "Go Omar,. Go give him his right, even though this was not his right, because he didn't his right only came after the due date, and the due date is not here yet. And he says, "Wazidhu 20 saam min magana ma and give him 20 sa more kilos of dates, in, because you threatened him, now yeah, I'm going to kill you. Give him more now. This is the increase in forbearance when there's shiddatul jahal, extreme ignorance. So Zaid says, "Fazhaba Umar took me, he gave it to me, and then he gave me 20 sa'a of dates. More than what was agreed upon. So, he says, I asked Umar, Why are you giving me more? He said, He said, because I threatened you, so Rasulullah told me to give you, you more. Can you imagine Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi actually gave Umar of all the sahaba who are sitting there he tells Umar to go and pay up this is a part of the tarbiyat of Umar right he's doing a tarbiyat of Umar he's telling him you go and help go to fula fula person and tell him give him dates from his growth and make sure that you take 20 more sah and give those to him because of this what you just said So he says, now remember, he was the richest man. Why does he need 20 more sa'ah? He doesn't need it. He said, Umar? Do you know me, Umar? So he said, no. I said, Ana Zaid bin I'm Zaid bin Sa'ina. I'm Zaid bin Sa'ina." He said, Al-Habar, the rabbi, he said, Al-Habar. He said, فَمَا Why did you do what you did and why did you say what you said? You're a learned man. You're a scholar. And you're talking like this. You're behaving like this. You're a man of knowledge. It doesn't behoove you to behave like this. Why were you so rude? He said, Ya Then he explains. All the signs of Nubuwwat I had recognized on the face of Rasulullah when I saw him, except for two things. Those two things, now I have experienced them firsthand. فأشهدك. I'm making you witness Omar that I am pleased with Allah as my Rabb, and Islam as my religion, and Muhammad as my nabi, and I make you witness that a portion of my wealth, because I was one of the wealthiest, ala I give as a Sadaqah to the Ummah of Rasulullah which includes us. SubhanAllah. So Umar says, uh, wait a second, Sayyid. Not the whole Ummah. Just say some of the Ummah because the Ummah is going to be really big in the future. You can't include, I mean, your money, you have a lot of money, but you can't possibly give Sadaqah for the whole Ummah because the whole Ummah is going to be really big. So you will not be able to cover the whole Ummah with this Sadaqah. So said, So Zaid bin Sa'ad corrected himself. He said, "Okay, Allah barred him. So I'm giving this sadaqa upon some part of the ummah." Right? Then he came back with Umar to taala license gathering, and he testified, wa Muhammadan abdu and then His Islam, he remained a Muslim until the time he died, when he was returning. From Tabuk. But these were two other signs that Abdullah bin Salam عنه, doesn't mention, which Zaid bin Sauna is mentioning. But Zaid bin Sauna's whole story is narrated by Abdullah bin Salam. So, in a way, we could say that Abdullah bin Salam narrated those two alamatin nubuwa, signs of the nubuwa of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa as well as the ones that we mentioned in the first narration. So, we'll continue from here. Tomorrow, inshallah, we are supposed to do this today, but we'll do this tomorrow. Inshallah, we'll talk about three specific ayahs that were revealed in regards to Abdullah bin Salam. Subhanahu wa rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wa salamun al mursaleen. Wa alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. After that, we have nothing in relation to Abdullah bin Salam. Out except for his 30, 33, 34 30, narrations of the hadith that he's narrated from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But besides that, we have nothing else about Abdullah bin Salam in his biography. After that, we read about his, the eulogy that he gave during the assassination of Umar bin Khattab. And then he was present on, in Yom When Uthman ibn Affan عنه, um was assassinated a few days before that, his, they laid, the rebels laid siege to his house. And they covered his house from all sides for 40, sur- surrounded his house for 40 days, according to many of the historical narrations. Abdullah bin Salam was there at the time, and he tried to do his best to protect Osman ibn Affan, r.a. by giving nasiha to the insurgents. But obviously, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had destined happened. But there are some narrations in regards to that as well. What nasiha he gave to the people. And then the dream that Uthman ibn Affan saw the day before he passed away. Which he narrated to Abdullah bin Salam, Which Abdullah bin Salam narrated to the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu If we get time, we'll go through that tomorrow. Otherwise, the day after tomorrow, inshaAllah. SubhanAllah Rabbika Rabbil Azat, Ya Ma Asafoon. Wa Salaam wa Mursaleen wa Alhamdulillah